Come thou fount of every blessing. You know, to, uh, to really live into the abundance of that fount of God that is so full is, is freeing. I mean, if there's any um, basic point of what we're going to look at today, it's just that we don't live in scarcity. We live in abundance because we live in Christ, in the power of His Spirit, and in the fullness of God. And it's amazing when we live in abundance instead of scarcity, the difference that it makes in our lives. I can see it in my kitchen every morning. And it depends on the abundance and scarcity of that precious white gold called milk. All right? You know, as the kids start to wander in and there's milk in the refrigerator in the kitchen, then everybody's happy and everybody's just joy-filled. But if there's just a little bit of milk or the milk's gone, then fights and elbows are thrown. People are running down. Is there milk in the basement? And if there's no milk in the basement, then the world is over for the day. And they leave for school bloodied and tattered, fighting for milk. Last week, we talked about how God owns it all, that it's not mine, but it's God's. Or when we use the term my, it's not that it's my possession, but it's what we mean by the term my as followers of Christ, living under the provision of God. It's those things that God has entrusted to our care. My, it's not my body, but it's what God has entrusted to my care. It's not my mind, but it's the mind God has entrusted to my care. It's not, not my house, but it's the house that God has entrusted to our care. It's not my money, but the money that God has entrusted to my care, my stewardship, my managing under His authority. Today, we'll be reminded of that and live into that a little more and, and, and seek to get in touch with that sense of abundance that comes from God's generosity. Let's pray together. Gracious God, thank you for your word. Uh, thank you for your, your abundance, your beauty, your wonder. Help us to live into that this day, to receive from you your, your word of truth for us as a community of Jesus followers and for each of us individually in our own homes. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. Our uh, first passage I want to look at is Psalm 65. It's found on 459 in your pew Bible. You can... Uh, Turn there or you can follow along on the screen. We'll read verses 9 through 13. Hear the word of the Lord. And this is the you here speaking to God. You visit the earth and water it. You greatly enrich it. The river of God is full of water. You provide the people with grain. For so you have prepared it. You water its furrows abundantly, settling its ridges, softening it with showers and blessing its growth. 
You crown the year with your bounty. Your wagon tracks overflow with richness. The pastures of the wilderness overflow. The hills gird themselves with joy. The meadows clothe themselves with flocks. The valleys deck themselves with grain. They shout and sing together for joy. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. And it's a picture of the the abundance that God provides daily, regularly, annually. It's, It's not only that all is God's stuff, but that God is generous. And friends, that is good news in so many ways. Because, you know, that's not the natural human tendency. Did you know that? Uh, the, the, the journal, uh, the Chronicle of Philanthropy states uh, in their most recent survey that actually the more money folks make, the less percentage they give away. That uh, the, they, they looked at the different states and the more states that uh, the, the poorer states gave more and more money away in terms of the um, citizens in those particular states. And, and folks that, that live in wealthy neighborhoods, the wealthier the neighborhood you live in, the, again, statistically, generally, the less percentage of income you give away. Must a little tidbit, my guess is, it's just more, more temptation to keep up with the Joneses. But the natural human tendency, you would think that the more you have, the more you give, but that's not the case, at least in the United States, with uh, humans. So God's character is really opposite in that way of what our nation's character is. God has it all and gives away generously. But not indiscriminately. Not without purpose. I mean, God gives generously, but He gives with purpose. He gives with a plan. He gives with meaning. He, he gives according to our need. And there are all kinds of biblical stories of those events that happened where, where God uh, did that. You know, and the, the manna as, as God uh, rescued the Israelites out of Egypt. And because of their sin, wandered in the wilderness for 40 years, God still provided for them daily the bread from heaven, the, the manna from above. Every day they'd go collect their daily bread that we pray for every time we pray the Lord's Prayer. Jesus feeding the 5,000, feeding the 4,000, a number of times recorded in the Scriptures when He would take fish and loaves of bread and, and multiply it to feed and provide for the needs of the crowds that were there. I invite you to turn with me to Matthew 6. Starting with verse 25. You can follow along on the the screen. The the words of Jesus as He speaks to us about God giving generously, but giving according to our need. Therefore, I tell you, do not worry about your life, what you will eat or what you will drink, or about your body, what you will wear. Is not life more than food and the body more than clothing? Look at the birds of the air. They neither sow nor reap nor gather into barns, and yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not of more value than they? And can any of you, by worrying, add a single hour to your span of life? 
And why do you worry about clothing? Consider the lilies of the field, how they grow, they neither toil nor spin. Yet I tell you, even Solomon in all his glory was not clothed like one of these. But if God so clothes the grass of the field, which is alive today and tomorrow is thrown into the oven, will he not much more clothe you, you of little faith? Therefore, do not worry, saying, What will we eat, or what will we drink, or what will we wear? For it is the Gentiles who strive for all these things. And indeed, your heavenly Father knows that you need all these things. But strive first for the kingdom of God and His righteousness. And all these things will be given to you as well. God cares and gives according to our needs as we seek God's kingdom. He knows our needs even before we ask and out of His abundance seeks to provide for those needs. Now, there's a critical distinction here between need and want that I have a really hard time defining those, that distinction. And we'll talk a little more about that um, next week. But I, I, I know that God knows what I need even better than I do. You know, I, I compare uh, my relationship with God, our relationship with God now, like I compare and remember my relationship as a child with my parents. Because what I thought I needed as a child, my parents didn't share that opinion. And I had a very difficult time, maybe even more difficult now, um, distinguishing between need and want. Because I really thought I needed a Snickers and Dr. Pepper for lunch and dinner. And if given that opportunity and that choice, that's what I would have taken. I asked for it regularly. And there's just nothing like a Snickers bar chased by Dr. Pepper as a 10-year-old boy. That's just good stuff. The essence of life in my eyes. But thankfully, mom and dad most of the time said no. And that's probably why I'm still here today. How much more so, though, do we have in our childlike eyes, our, our limited vision, our lack of maturity, have a picture of what we think we need and, and what we get confused with needs and wants and our Heavenly Father out of love for us says, No, you don't need that. That is not for you. How many times does God, do we look back as Jessica was sharing? You know how hindsight is twenty twenty, And how we can look back and see, even if something as drastic as losing a job, and can see how absolutely horrific that would be, but now look back and see God's hand at work teaching and molding and leading and guiding. God out of His generosity, out of His abundance, promises to take care of our needs. And one of the ways that He does that, again, is part of uh, the biblical witness. One of the ways He does that is through the community of faith. I mean, that's, as we were singing, ask and you shall receive, knock, the door will be open to you. And we as community are charged with that care. 
Acts chapter 2, if you remember the story of the church as it was first being born. They held all things in common. There were none with needs among them because they cared for one another in real ways, significant ways. And that is still the charge today. How we are charged with caring for one another and how beautifully the Spirit is at work in our midst doing that. Caring for folks through the, the deacons fund. You know, thousands of dollars are given every year to the deacons fund. And the deacons, in touch with the needs of the community, uh, the needs of the church, care for one another. In College Hill Presbyterian Church. And just other needs that, that are known. Taking care of a dog while one's in the hospital. Bringing family, bringing uh, meals to a family that have just had twins. Paying for, helping to pay for utilities when the funds aren't there and the winter was particularly cold. And then as we join not only with one another but with the other churches of College Hill neighborhood in this general area through Christ's community, tens of thousands of dollars are given to care for one another through food and clothing, through assistance, whatever those needs might be. We seek to live out that generosity of God. And and I share that with you so that you know that some of those resources, and it's done silently, it's not really trumpeted. And there's a whole lot that happens organically. We Just with one another, caring for one another that we don't know. But I share that with you so that you know that. And I share that with you so that you recognize the responsibility when you are in need to let that need be known to the church so that we can live out the character of God of trusting His abundance and living into His generosity. God is, is God owns it all. God is generous. God gives according to our need, and God gives according to His plan for us and for the world. I invite you to turn to Ephesians chapter 2, verse 8. 8 through 10. Or you can follow along on the screen. Oh, it says 2, 3 through 10. Let's start with verse 8. Can you turn to verse 8 that says, For by grace you have been saved. I can see how a 3 and an 8 get uh, confused, especially with my handwriting. Right, the middle of this slide, or verse 8 in your, in your Bibles. For by grace you have been saved through faith. And this is not your own doing. It is the gift of God, not the result of works, so that no one may boast. For we are what He has made us, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand to be our way of life. This passage captures beautifully God's generosity. One, that our very salvation is a gift from God. It's not something that we've earned. It is the very work of God in Jesus Christ. Who who came to die for us, to secure for us our forgiveness. 
to rescue us from our sin. But not just to give us a ticket to heaven, but then to prepare us. To prepare us for the good works that God has prepared for us to do. So so God gives to us generously through Christ so that we will carry out those good works that He has for us to do. Whatever they might be individually and corporately as a community. Beautifully captures this sense of our receiving God's generosity, not only for salvation, but for our very lives and for the work of our hands. And and there's so often at times that, that God doesn't give us the picture, the big picture. And we don't understand the little things that we're doing and how they impact His work. But God is at work as the master creator and builder making things happen from our efforts even if they seem like we're going nowhere. Sometimes the position of a Christian is one of Robert Griffin III, RG3. Any Washington Redskins fans here? None. He's the rookie quarterback for the Washington Redskins. Played for Baylor um, last year. If uh, Oh, there's one. One fan. Thanks, Kathleen. And if uh, you saw the game last week, our RG3 went back, took the... Um, took the hike, went back to pass, and as he, just as he was throwing, he got crushed by a 300-pound-plus behemoth. It's not a good thing to get crushed by a 300-pound defensive lineman. And in the moment, you would think your life was about to end, right? Or certainly you were in store for a lot of pain as you're falling back because of this giant human being running into you. And he, he threw the ball just as he got crushed and then fell back on his backside just in time to get, wake himself up, get up. And then he saw that his receiver had caught the ball and had run 80 yards for a touchdown. So Griffining is now this. Because that's what he did after he scored. And it's the rage in Washington, D.C. So if you YouTube Griffining, you'll see it. And I thought, you know... It's a great picture. Well, we can be as Christians were on our back, knocked back, but somehow God has taken the ball and delivered it into just the right hands who's about to score a touchdown, but we're crushed. But then we get up to see and then celebrate because God has taken our, our little piece even though right around us it looks like destruction and has taken that to fulfill the good works and fulfill His eternal plan. God is generous in His abundance. And He he gives to each of us according to His need and according to His good and perfect plan. And a number of you can testify to that. You may not want to get up here and griffin, but you can testify to how you were in things that you thought God had left you. And now you see how God was right in the middle, taking and filling and directing exactly what was happening for His good and perfect plan.
Finally, God gives generously, He gives according to our need, gives according to His purpose, and gives of Himself sacrificially. You know, ultimately, this whole point is really an act of faith, of trust, of believing that God is, has, is abundant and then gives to us in our need. I invite you to turn to, to Romans 8, chapter 31. Or chapter 8, verse 31. What then... Are we to say about these things? If God is for us, who is against us? He who did not withhold his own son, but gave him up for all of us, will he not with him also give us everything else? He who did not withhold his own son, but gave him up for all of us, will he not with him also give us everything else? else if God the son became human took on the limitations of humanity took on the the limitations of time and space and came as a human not as a swashbuckling king not as some charismatic political presence to bring all humanity into following Him, not as some powerful leader of all people, but as a servant. It's a common man born in a rather unusual situation, born to die. If God has given of Himself in that way for us, then don't you think He'll give us everything else that's necessary to fulfill His plans and purpose according to, to our needs and His wisdom? And if He's gone that far? You know, I have a, a good friend, a colleague in, in ministry who bought his, his wife a, a beautiful bracelet for their anniversary. And they had young children. And uh, when his um, wife opened the present and... Um, and just gushed over the, the bracelet. The, the kids um, grabbed the wrapping paper and the nice felt box it was in, you know? Those are sort of cool because how they snap shut and they're nice and soft on the outside. And, and one of the, the kids said, How much did it cost, Daddy? And uh, he said, Well... You know, the, the bracelet cost this much. And the kids, I didn't want to know how much the bracelet cost. How much did the box cost, Daddy? <laughs> he said, you know, when you pay for the bracelet, they throw the box in for free. Wow! If the diamond of Jesus has paid the price for our sin, if the diamond of God becoming flesh and dying for us has secured our salvation, don't you think God's going to take care of everything else according to His generosity, according to His wisdom, and even according to our need? Brothers and sisters in Christ, we live not in scarcity, but we live in abundance 
according to the wondrous love and beauty and power of God who has given us His Son, Jesus Christ, and everything else. Now this week, a couple more exercises that the deacons will uh, distribute to you. And and these, uh, I ask you just to choose one during the course of this week, just to give us a sense again of God's generosity. Whichever one will best help you recognize just all that we have that is around us. If y'all, you know, Deacon John, go ahead and uh, pass those out. They're a spending fast or a spending journal. And you'll, you'll see um, the basic uh, description there. One, the spending fast is just for this week. Spend only what you need to function. You know, just the basics. The stuff that's not going to... Just spend the stuff that's uh, going to be the basic needs and keep you out of prison. And the other is uh, a spending journal. Don't change your habits, but just keep track. Keep, keep track of just what uh, you, you spend this week. Different ways of getting in touch with our own spending and to get in touch with God's generosity and provision uh, for us. For some of us, it's keeping track of what we do. For others, it's not doing, and that helps wake us up to all the ways that God provides for us. Continue uh, this week to celebrate God's abundance and generosity as He gives according to our need, according to His plan and His generous, sacrificially generous character. Amen.